Good morning, this is Pastor Linda Thason, and I'm bringing you greetings from the Living Water Christian Center Church, located in East Orange, New Jersey, where Reverend Theodore A. Thason is our senior pastor. We're glad that you have decided to join us today, and we pray that you will be blessed as the Word of God goes forth. Again, thank you for being with us. God bless you. Amen. There's no God like Jehovah. He's the only wise God. We thank God that He's our God. He's our God and our Father, and we're grateful for that. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for being our God and our Father. And we thank you for hearing us when we pray. We thank you for allowing us this time of fellowship together. This time to gather in your name from different places we are together amongst you. And we're so grateful for it. We ask that you bless us today. Bless this portion of our service. That you speak, us, speak to us out of your word. And that we who have ears would hear what the Spirit of God is saying unto the churches. Lord, we ask you to touch our ears, teach us to listen. Touch our eyes that we might see Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We thank God today. We thank God for all of you who are joining with us. And we celebrate Jesus and we celebrate you too. We are so grateful for you. For your support, for your attention, for your online giving, and all that you do um, to make this possible. Thank you so much. We're going to start where we left off last time in 1 Peter chapter 4. In the beginning of 1 Peter chapter 4, we talked about this before. It says that Christ suffered. Christ suffered for us, and we need to prepare ourselves to suffer as well, because the folks who suffer have ceased from sin. Now, it's not saying that suffering is the cause of you to cease from sin. It's saying that because you cease from sin, that's why you suffer, okay? Um, and what we're saying is that you suffer, um, even if you're not suffering persecution per se, you do have opponents. You have three major opponents we talked about. Um, one is the devil, Satan, Lucifer, um, the, the accuser of the brethren and the hater of the brethren too. You have him who's always tempting and trying to install fear and trying to trick the saints. All right? He can't defeat the saints. He can't defeat Jesus. He can't um, defeat your salvation. He can't do anything about your salvation. But he would love to cause you trouble and problems and embarrassment. And so he could go back to the Father and say, look at this one and look at that one. And look what they've done. Okay, so you have that opponent. The other opponent that you have is the world. The world itself. The world itself is, has the spirit of antichrist in it. It's in the media. It's in the entertainment. It's even in public education. And, um, and it all goes against the living God. They, they teach the science. They don't, they don't allow, in some places, they do not allow creation to be taught, not even as a theory, okay? Um, so the world is against Christ. The world is against the Lord, and you are a minority in the world. You are a stranger. The Bible calls you strangers and sojourners and pilgrims because you are against, you go against the culture, all right? And instead, we are anti-culture in the sense, or counterculture rather, not anti, but we're kind of counterculture because we're different. From, we do things differently from what the world does, okay? And the other opponent that you have is your own flesh, your own flesh, your own carnal um, body 
that you were born here with because we were natural born sinners and with that natural born sinners even though we're saved even though we're believers in Jesus Christ that sin and what we have to do we have to put that sin nature in subjection okay we have to submit ourselves to God resist the devil and we have to put our bodies in subjection we have to discipline ourselves to do the things the Lord wants us to do. And we're doing all this because we're no longer living in the flesh and we're no longer living for our own selfish, fleshly, greedy desires. We want to live for the will of God. We want to commit ourselves to the will of God. And so that's the thing. You know, we don't practice sin anymore. Say amen. We don't practice sin. Okay? And we're not living to satisfy ourselves. Our carnal desires, our greedy selves, and, and compromise, you know, compulsive behavior and things like that. We're not living for those things anymore. We're living for Christ. We're living for the, for the will of God. And so for that reason, for that reason, we are different. And for that same reason, the world <laughs> and the people, you, they resent you. Saint, you are resented. You know, people may like you. They may like your company, you know, folks on your job, you might be friendly with and then relatives and, and neighbors and stuff like that. But in general, you are resented because they resented Christ. Okay? And so, and they think it's strange. And, um, I'm going uh, to read a verse from the, uh, from the Amplified Version, but I want to read this quick from the um, King James Version. It says, verse 4, Wherein they think it's strange that you don't run with them. That you don't run with them when the excess are riot and speaking evil of you. They think it's strange. The world thinks it's strange that you're not thinking like they think. You are different. You're strange. You're out of your mind. You're a little bit crazy. You know? But they thought that about Jesus too. Let me read it to you from the Amplified Version. Okay? Because you're not doing everything that the world does. And you're a little different. And there's some things that you do. And there's some things that you abstain from. It says here, in connection with all this, they, the unbelievers, are resentful and surprised that you do not think like them, value their values, and run hand in hand with them into the same excess of dis dissipation and immoral freedom. And they criticize and abuse, ridicule you, and make fun of your values. That's um, 1 Peter 4 and 4, the Amplified Version. See, they, they make fun of you. They make fun of your values. They ridicule you. They, they make fun of you. They pick on you. And even if you don't feel it and don't experience it, it's being done, even if it is behind your back. Okay? And so um, the word dissipation, it means, um, it, it, it means it's a word that means you they squander, to squander your money, your energy, your resources, okay? And um, that's what the, the prodigal son did. He squandered his money, energy, and resources, and that's what folks do with the world, okay? And because you're not doing what they do, um, you're strange, you're different, okay? And, and you're mocked. People mock the saints, they mock the church. And sometimes, you know, we look crazy. We, we do some things that might be strange to folks. You know, and, and Paul even said that to one church. 
about their worship, about their gathering together. But the thing is here is that they, they also mocked Jesus. They mocked the Christ, the Son of the living God. They made fun of him. They teased him. You know, one, one instance is when in, um, in Mark chapter 5, when Jairus' daughter was very ill, and they got the word that she died, you know, and Jesus came there. After he healed the woman that had an issue of blood for 12 years, he came to Jairus' house where his 12-year-old daughter was dead, and, and people were wailing and crying and mourning for her. And Jesus said, she's asleep. And they went from mourning to laughter and ridicule. I mean, how do you do that? How, do, how are you broken and crying one moment, and then you're laughing and ridiculing somebody the next? Okay? And that's what they did. And so, of course, what Jesus did, he put them all out the house and got them out the way, and he went and spoke to the young lady, and she rose from the dead. Okay? But they mocked him. They mocked him in the trials when Jesus was arrested in the garden of Gethsemane. And for all night long, he was, he, they had these mock trials. They had these kangaroo courts. He went from court to court, back and forth, and they were mocking him. Oh, if you're the Christ, do this. If you're the Christ, do that. You know, and, um, if, but Pilate himself didn't find anything offensive in him that caused him to be put to death. But he was mocked by the, by the religious leaders of the time, all right? And they even had the crowd go against him. And he was also mocked, you know, on the cross. After all the torment, after all the ridicule, after all the depravity and torture and the things that he went through, he, all the way he went to the cross, and even on the cross, they were mocking him, saying things to him. You know, get yourself down. You know, you're supposed to be the son of God. And, and teasing him and, and talking bad talk to him. They, they mocked the Lord. And so what you have to understand, um, if you're being talked about, and if you're being picked on, and if you're not being treated well because of your Christianity, because of your lifestyle, because you're clean living, you need to take it with peace and thank God for it. Because what's happening is that you're being noticed as a Christian, and you're being marked as a Christian, and you, you're representing Christ, and you're suffering for Christ's sake. And so that's the thing that Peter and Paul and the apostles would say, you should thank God for that. Now, of course, none of that is, the experience is a happy, joyful experience. However, when you consider it, it's done for Christ's sake. You know, thank God and ask God and know that he's going to take you through it. The Lord will take you through this thing and you won't go through it by yourself. Amen? Amen. And so we thank God. So listen, so um, they, they do these things, and what they do, the people that I'm talking about are judging the Christians according to their own human, earthly values, their own carnal values, and they judge you for that, right? But you're going to be judged by God. You're going to be judged by God, and the judgment that you have from the Lord is going to be a reward judgment. He's going to judge you for your faithfulness and for your works. Your works are going to be judged. All right? So you have that to go by. And plus, the same God that, that, re, that saves us and that rewards us is going to judge the mockers and the unbelievers and those who oppose you. They have to give an answer to that. 
right? And they have to give an answer to the living God. Matter of fact, everybody does. Because what does it say? It says that every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father, right? And so what's going to happen is that when people stand before the living God, they're going to have a recognition that Jesus was right, that Jesus is Lord. And those church folk were doing the right thing. And I should have done that thing. It's going to be a recognition. It's going to be an acknowledgement, right, that he is Lord and they're going to bow down before him. Now you and I and the believers, we've already bowed down. We've already submitted ourselves. We already acknowledge him as God and Lord, and we already given our life to him. And so now we're trying to live a way that pleases him. We're trying to live within his will. And of course, he gives us the ability to do it. And so that's why we preach. That's why we talk. Um, and one of the verses said, that's why you preach to the dead. Not the dead, the physically dead, but the spiritually dead. We preach to those who are dead in the spirit or who are outside of, um, outside of Christianity, outside of Christ. And death, of course, is separation. Those who are separated from God, we preach to them. So they can live, so they can have a spiritual life, all right? So they can make a commitment to Jesus Christ so they can repent of their sins because it's not God's will that anybody perish, but that all people come to repentance so they can repent of their sins and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and the living God will save them from their sins and from all unrighteousness. He will forgive their sins and cleanse them from all unrighteousness like he's done for his church. Okay, and he will present them along with the rest of the church to himself. We learned this in Bible study. He's going to present the church to himself, a glorious church, not having a spot, wrinkle, blemish, or any such thing. <laughs> it's going to be a marvelous day. All right, and we have that to look forward to. So we preach, we witness, we share, we testify. And we take the opportunities we have to tell everybody and anybody about the Lord Jesus Christ so that person could hear the gospel and hear the truth and make a decision for themselves. Amen. Paul said he's not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first, only because they heard it first. And also to the Greek, that means the Gentiles or the heathens. All right? And so this salvation is for anybody. And the gospel has the power. You have faith. You believe the gospel and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's enough for you to be saved. Saved from sin. Saved from the judgment of sin. Saved from the guilt of sin. Saved from the habits of sin. And one day you'll even be saved from the presence of sin. That's what the Lord's going to do. Amen? And so, and sin, we said before, is missing the mark. It's, it's an archery turn where you shoot at the target and you miss. And all of us have shot at the target and missed. We have none of us that reached the standard of holiness that the Lord wants us to have outside of Jesus. But with Jesus, he, he, he uses his holiness Matter of fact, he exchanges his righteousness for your unrighteousness. So when he went to the cross, he took all my sins. 
He took on my unrighteousness. He took on my infirmities and weaknesses. He took those things on. And because I'm a believer in him, he's given me his righteousness. It's a direct exchange. And so anybody, anybody, despite your background, despite your former deeds, despite who you are or who you belong to and your lineage and any of that stuff, no matter what your life was or is or, or um, the experiences that you have, he will save you just for the asking. Just for the asking. Because Jesus, the Christ, the Son of the living God, is what John the Baptist called the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. So anybody, man, woman, child, that comes to Jesus in faith, Jesus saves them, he receives them, he takes them in, and he does not reject anybody. No one is turned away from the Lord. Amen? And so it doesn't matter if you're a different group, if, what nationality you are, what your former religion was, or, or the things that you used to practice, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what deeds you've done, what crimes you commit, and the things you thought, you know, and the, and the stuff you did, and, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how you feel about yourself, if you think that you're undeserving, if you think you're dirty, if you've been if you've been abused, if you've been hurt, if you've been made ashamed of, it doesn't matter. Jesus will take you the way you are, and he will work with you, he will save you, he will love on you, and he will provide for you, and he will heal you. Heal you of all the brokenness that you may have in your life, and all the hurt and the pain, and the suffering, anything. He is able to save, heal, and deliver. And he'll do it just because he wants to. And he'll do it just for the asking. I thank God today. I thank God that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And I thank God that he has the salvation available to you and everybody and anyone, anyone, anywhere. Yes, he does. And so we're grateful today. And we thank you for the opportunity just to tell you that. Just to tell you that Jesus is Lord. Amen. And that there's nothing the devil could do about it. Right? Because he's overcome the devil. He's overcome the world. And those who come to Jesus have become overcomers as well. You know, not because we're so much, but because he's so much. And because what he's done gets applied to our lives. Okay? It's, it's, this is not plagiarism. And this is not cheating. He did the work. He provided the salvation. He lived the perfect life. He did everything that he was supposed to do. And now, just because this heathen here believes on him, all the good stuff that he did gets applied to me. Amen. And I become a son as well. Alright? I become a son of God as well. And I have the privileges that he, that, of sonship. I, he shares his inheritance with me. He shares his father with, with me. Okay? He even shares the relationship that he has with the living God he gave me that privilege too, where I could be a son of God as well. It's a beautiful thing. And he also gave me access. So check this out. I don't have to find a preacher or a priest or a rabbi to approach God. Because Jesus Christ is in my life, I could approach the Father myself. Amen. And I could approach him as a son. And even and even when I'm out of the way, I could and 
and may have done wrong, God forbid, I could go to him boldly, confidently, to the throne of grace, and I receive forgiveness of sins and grace to help me in my time of trouble, in my time of trial. Hey, this is a good deal, and I recommend it for everybody. You want this, you really do, right? This is better than satisfying my old flesh and trying to meet my needs and trying to be satisfied in the flesh is better than my greed, is better than my lust being fulfilled. It's better than all those things. I'd rather have Jesus, and we recommend that for you too. Praise God. So we thank God today, and we thank God for the opportunity again. We thank God for the opportunity to talk to you. And so we want you to know that just by faith, it's all done by faith, the just shall live by faith, and the Lord will give you the faith to believe it. And you can believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and he'll save you where you are. Amen. Let me tell you this one thing. When I was a young fella, I thought I had to come to church to be saved. I, had, I, I thought I had to come to a particular congregation to give my life to Christ. So I had to wait till Friday to go to this certain church to give my life to Christ when at the whole time the Lord was available to me and I was believing God and I was trusting Him. But I had the wrong idea, thinking that I had to be in a certain spot, a certain time, a certain day, and would be standing from a certain person. You can be saved right where you are. Amen. Right where you sit, stand, lay. You can be saved right there. You don't have to get up from where you are. Right where you are, you can ask the Lord to come into your life. Say, dear God, I need you to come into my life. You ask Jesus to forgive you of sins. Matter of fact, it's not even in the words you say. You have to say anything really special. It's the fact that you trust him. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. So you can believe in where you are. Why don't you believe in where you are? Why don't you trust God? Why don't you take a chance and say, okay, um, I don't like the way I'm living. This thing is not right or what I'm going through, so I'm going to trust God now. And just ask Him in your life. Ask Him to forgive you your sins. Ask Him to make you do. He'll do all that. Amen. If you want, if you want to recite a prayer, just recite this one. Say, dear Lord, I need you in my life. I wish you saved me now. There you go. If you trust God, you're saved. Right? If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. You shall be saved. And I mean you shall be saved later on. You shall be saved right then. Right there. Is that a beautiful thing? We thank God today. We thank God. Amen. Praise the Lord. I think Pastor Lynn is going to come and greet you at this time. Praise the Lord. We thank and praise God for this awesome word of God. Uh, We're um, just grateful on today that God has provided an opportunity for us to um, be saved. You know, we, we're grateful that um, he was willing, you know, prepared himself a body to come and redeem us so that we don't have to uh, live a life apart 
and separated from God. We can have fellowship with him. We can walk with him. We can talk with him um, because that's how he desires things to be. When he made us, he made us so that we would have fellowship with him. And we praise God for uh, just the um, provisions that God has made in his word. Uh, we thank God for you that are um, listening today and watching and viewing. But we really want to encourage you to take advantage of what God has done already. Um, we who know the Lord, we need to uh, strengthen our relationship with God. Uh, we've had um, a period of time um, this summer, spring, summer, to uh, be at home, to be away from uh, a church setting and a church gathering. And we've had an opportunity to um, surf, church surf, you know, on our social media sites, and also uh, reflect at what is happening. You know, things just totally out of our control. But in all of that, we should be taking inventory of who we are and who God is. And it should cause us to do things differently. Uh, what has, uh, we're going into the fall season um, of the year and things are, are happening and we're trying to get back to normal. And, um, or what we call the new normal. But what is interesting to me is while we in this particular area are trying to get back to the new normal, there are people in other places that are going through what we went through in, in March and April and, and May. I mean, um, I think we were, we're hearing of countries that are reconsidering shutting down. Just so much is going on. And this is really a time for people of God to, uh, we grab hold of the uh, horns of the altar and we pray and we call on the Lord, but this is really a time for self-reflection and for us to really take inventory. The word is going forth, pastor is teaching and Bible studies going forth and other ministers are making an effort to give us a, a word from their uh, living room, dining room, from empty, empty pews. So much is going on to make sure that we stay fortified and engaged in our walk with the Lord. But we have to do something too. We really have to do something ourselves to remain um, in the word, in the word. So I, I praise God for the word today, but I just want to pray with everyone um, under the sound of my voice that um, you will do what is necessary to, to make it, to hang in there. To uh, The Lord said, you know, when he returns, will he find faith on earth? And that's a question that's posed to humanity. When the Lord comes back, what is my state going to be? What is my mind going to be concerning him, concerning the things of God, concerning the word of God, concerning everything that I've heard about, what he has provided for me? Will I still believe on that? 
or will I be so dismayed by what has happened? So we're just going to pray. I just feel led today to pray for the minds of, of us, the people of God, so that we will continue to turn our hearts um, towards the Lord and we would strive for um, the things that please God. Amen. Amen. Father God, we thank you for your word on today. Uh, we thank you for uh, this house and this place of worship. But not just our house, Lord. We thank you for your church, your church that was established upon you, your rock, and that the word of God is being declared um, here and in Jerusalem and other parts of the world, Lord. We don't take it for granted, but we thank you that uh, the word is going forth, Lord. We see scriptures being fulfilled um, in our lifetime, Lord, and we ask God that you draw us closer to you through your word, Lord. We make efforts, we uh, pray, we read our scriptures, we rehearse scriptures, Lord, but we need your help beyond just the, the peripheral, beyond the service, Lord Jesus. We need your help, Lord, as we launch out oh God, into the deeper things of life, as we're meeting challenges that we never, facing challenges, Lord, that we never thought we'd face, God. We need your help. Lord, we ask that you um, hold us up, strengthen us. Are we, you told us to strengthen our, our feeble uh, knees, Lord, but we uh, need your help, God. Uh, send your Holy Ghost, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Those that are not filled, those that have not been baptized, Lord, fill them with your spirit, oh God, for service, for work, oh God, that our, our spirit man may be fine-tuned and refined in the name of Jesus. Not just adults, God, but we send the word to the youth, to the children, Lord. You said as uh, the last days you pour out your spirit on all flesh, God, and you went across. So uh, age barriers, oh God, and we ask, Lord Jesus, that there be a drawing to you in our youth, in our children, in our young adults, oh God, in the seniors, God, let us not be complacent in the name of Jesus. We bind the spirit of depression that would ride us and, and bring us down in the name of Jesus. We come against uh, loneliness. We come against being lethargic in the name of Jesus. God, bring life, oh God, to our bones, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Don't let us sit in our homes and sit on our jobs and go through motions and be dying Oh, God, and be drifting away from you in the name of Jesus. God, we ask that you even touch those that are grieved, those that have suffered loss. So many people have suffered loss, Lord, and they're 
There's been no closure, God, and not even grieving, just drifting, Lord. We pray, God, that you said you're the God of all flesh, God, but you're a God of comfort. Comfort, Lord, those that have suffered loss in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, don't let us all be bitter, oh, God. In the name of Jesus, we find the spirit of fear. Let us not fear this season that is coming upon us. Let us not be afraid of the change of the weather and the climate. Let us not be afraid of colds, of flus, or God, and things that we've um, tackled in the past, Lord. I pray, oh God, that our faith be uh, increased in the name of Jesus. Do this, oh God, for your people. In the name of Jesus, I pray, oh God, that you awaken things that we have pushed and put on the back shelf, God. In the name of Jesus, and help us to fix our eyes on you, fix our hearts towards you, oh, in the name of Jesus. And we pray a special prayer for our leaders and our pastors. We're getting ready to go into October soon, which is pastoral uh, or pastor's appreciation. God, but we send a prayer now, not in October, God. We ask you to strengthen the men and the women of God, oh God, that are standing and declaring your word, God, and are dealing with their own loss. They're dealing with their sicknesses. They're battling themselves, God. We speak life into them, oh God. We speak a word about finances in church where, where don't let them dry up, oh God, but let uh, people give like never before. Open uh, doors, God. Jobs that people didn't think they would be able to get, give them jobs. Lord, we speak jobs to the people of God in the name of Jesus, Lord. There are so many things, Lord, that we need from you, God, but, oh Lord, what is it you need from us, oh God? Help us during this time to present ourselves unto you, God, a living sacrifice in the name of Jesus. This we ask, God, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. We praise God for the word. We thank God for visiting you in your home um, or wherever we had an opportunity to be with you today. We thank you and we say go with God and go with strength in Jesus' name. Amen. On behalf of our pastors, Theodore and Linda Faison, we would like to thank you for joining the Living Water Christian Center Church for our Sunday morning virtual service. Although the physical doors of our church may be closed, our ministry is committed to spreading the gospel message and staying connected with you as we shelter in place. To support our ministry with your tithes and offering, you can use PayPal at livingwaterccc, Cash App at livingh2ochurch, or Zelle at 973-902-9933. If you need any assistance or would like to send any prayer requests, you can contact us at 973-902-9933 or livingwater374 at gmail.com. We are also available via direct message at any of our social media platforms. Follow us at Living Water H2O Church on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter 
to stay updated on our virtual worship services, Sunday school classes, prayer meetings, and Bible studies. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Be blessed and stay safe.